Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Radiant Black Podcast. This is a show about Radiant Black and everything Massiverse, a series and superhero universe created by Kyle Higgins and Marcelo Costa. I'm your host, Bashar, and I'm joined by my friends. Brady Matt. Ali. And Charlie. You guys ready to get uh, in front of Blazing today? It's about damn time. Hell yeah. Yeah, it's been it's been a long time coming uh, to talk about this one, and uh, there's a lot to get into. It's uh, this was an awesome awesome book, lots of awesome stuffs, and uh, yeah, can't wait to get into it. It's funny yeah. how it's been kind of separate from reality in the story, and uh, kind of in the massive earth itself. So it's nice to finally get to uh, you know mend some fences, build some bridges, and talk about this like hidden gem in the massive verse that's finally gotten time in the sun. And uh, yeah, I'm. Um, Spoiler alert, it's fucking sweet, and I'm really excited to talk about it today. There, there's a lot to talk about in this book, like Charlie said. It's it's a pretty long book, which is uh, why we just decided to review it all in one go, because we wanted to review it in the same way that it was intended to be released, which is just all in one volume as a, an original story, an OGN, original graphic novel, sorry. Um, so I read it. I, I read it in the single issue format and in the hardcover format, or at least in the you know in the preview format that we all got available. Did you guys read it both ways, or did you just read it the one way? So myself, I read it twice. I wanted to read it physical, but obviously we got um, a review copy from uh, Matt. So thank you for that, Matt Groom, uh, earlier. So that's how I read it first. But I've been reading every issue as it came out. I'm still waiting on my hardcover too. The moment it gets here, I'm going to read it again for the third time. Yeah, yeah, mine's uh, my hardcover is cur- currently stuck. I was telling these guys like su- super close to my house. It's been stuck there all all weekend at a shipping house. So I'm just I've been waiting eagerly for that thing to come. And I actually um, I haven't read this thing uh, physical yet. I like I picked up all the issues, but they're like they're kind of just bagged and boarded and like kind of in my box. So I I've just been kind of re- reading through the digital and just kind of enjoying the artwork that way. Um, but I've kind of just been been waiting for that hardcover to really like experience the physical uh, version of this yeah i i read both the uh the kickstarter edition and the individual issues i just wanted to see what the formatting changes were so we could experience it like uh, non-kickstarter backers which we were unfortunately we missed it but luckily we got that sweet review copy and uh yeah so yeah i read it both just to see the changes and uh it was interesting obviously it's probably better in the way it's intended which is just the one large like volume of it but i still think individually i still think it kicks the crap out of most comic series out there agreed it was it was a really good series i'm glad we finally got to it so let's dive into um the whole thing luckily we don't have to actually tell you the creators for each individual issue because like we said the, the whole volume was done by the same creative team and we've got artist co-creator erica Durso, and i really appreciate that they put her at the top because i think her work on this speaks for itself she just I don't know, she blew me away personally. We got writer, co-creator Matt Groom, colorist, the incredible, the sensational, who, by the way, the Rating Black 24 is on FOC, Igor Monti. They're doing another, um, he's doing another Blacklight Edition fluorescent ink uh, finished colors on uh, Rating Black 24. So make sure you get your hands on that. The FOC for that was a few weeks ago, but we, we did mention it. And you've got background assistant Lorenzo Tameta. We got color assistant Sabrina Del Grosso. We got letterer Becca Carey. Editor Kyle Higgins, of course. Assistant editor, the amazing Michael Basudo. And design made by For the People. 
So, and the design, I think I'm assuming that's what's on the back. So that's really cool. Um, let's dive into it, guys. First things first, you know, we're not going to get too, too, too deep, like not page by page at least, but of course we'll, we'll get all the highlights. Before we dive too deep into the details, what did you guys think immediately, first impressions of how the book looks? I, I obviously just want to give a shout out to the prestige format of the book. It, it does feel like a black label book at DC, for example. The cardstock is a little bit thicker. It's a square bound book. It's beautiful for the individual issues, that is. I highly recommend experiencing the book either way. But of course, if you can get the, the collected thing. Uh, this this thing was just just gorgeous like i, I remember seeing seeing the first preview pages like was just like just blew us away um like obviously after super massive like seeing what igor could do um and then see him just like in an entire like over 100 pages like just of awesome awesome action and like e even even the non like huge action stuff really looked like great like all the all the bright sceneries and um even some of the dark stuff um so it was re really just like it almost didn't feel like a it, it definitely didn't feel like a typical comic but it it, it felt I, I heard it a lot like felt like an animated like series like in a way or like a manga but just like some of the fight scenes and stuff like the way he like used the neon colors and and all that was just really really mind-blowing yeah, uh, it just the bright colors. It starts off really bright. I mean, Igor's con, uh, colors really get to play, especially in that third issue, which is nice. Erica's amazing. Like my only critique on page one, I think Anna's got a wonky eye on the left eye in that middle panel. That's my only critique on the art. Otherwise, I think it's like a perfect book. Like legitimately, like the designs, everything looks cool. Designing Apex City in itself is a feat. Like a futuristic city. This is a series that really radiates a lot, and belief is a big theme that i couldn't even mention in the interview it's that it's that integral but not until later on to realize like belief is a huge part in this and like i believe in this creative team like the massiverse like it's amazing what all these people that kyle's gotten this team together that just you know radiate and uh they really believe they can do it and they can like i have a belief now in independent comic well i always had a belief in indie comics but it's it's just remarkable the risk of monologuing it's it's everything i want in a book team and uh it provided a lot for me not definitely fully agree in terms of first impressions like the thing is we've been introduced to Inferno Girl Red already so I was already expecting like that vibrant young um, energy in the book and you definitely get that right away uh, but for me I was kind of excited to read a massive verse book that wasn't connected to anything else and Matt, Matt kind of touched on this earlier so it was a little bit like like you're reading something fresh and new and that was that was pretty exciting for uh, for my first read through yeah and I like what you said about belief and i totally uh that you know i totally got those as well those vibes and the, the you know the same sort of it resonated with me in the same way one thing i will say is it it, it, it it's definitely a, a bifold sort of belief in the sense that we've got this um theme of belief and and this new generation of trying to believe in themselves and their abilities to 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 address the problems in the world in their own unique ways with their own unique skill sets and the other part is also that belief in, in the Massiverse, in this creative community that they've built together that I think is really coming uh, coming together now, as we've seen with all these different books and titles. So, yeah, like it's really cool to see that on both fronts, both in the comic, like obviously um, metaphorically and then in real life with uh, with the creative team. And, and the, the you know, this was a Kickstarter book. It, it took a lot of belief to make this book come to life. And we talked about that with Matt uh on the interview when, when we had him on. So check that out if you haven't. Yeah. Yeah. 
Matt was a was always a delight to have on. He's uh, you know super modest. When I'm when I've, if I'm writing books about like this, like you'll hear about it. You'll they'll be like you can look up and you'll see a, a plane with a banner <laughs> talking about my uh, my achievements. But yeah, he's super modest and he shouldn't be when he's doing stuff like this. Uh, I'm gonna I don't want to uh, skip ahead too far, but yeah. What were you saying, Charlie? Uh, no, I just like, I, I really wanted to just say like right from the beginning, um, and obviously like this intro scene, um, like the first time we see the first Inferno girl read, um, like just, just the way they started and kind of like, it really kind of gave me rogue sun vibes in a way, like just kind of set an established hero in the universe, um, kind of like a first, a first one. And, um, just this first suit, I got to say, yeah, this is I, I think I like this even more than Cassia's, even though Cassia's is awesome. But th- this thing just freaking knocks it out of the park. Like The white suit? God. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. This almost, white suit is killer. Yeah. The upgrade later, I think, might surpass it. But, yeah, for me, that suit is, is so clean. Not that Infernal Girl Red, like, the base form is lame in any, in any uh, you know. Oh, no. <laughs> not, not by any means. But, no, it's just, it's just gorgeous. Yeah. And that first, yeah, that whole first scene's awesome. Yeah. I like that. I like that you guys mentioned that we have legacy, and the legacy definitely sets the tone for this universe. It gives us a sense of familiarity. I like the comparison to the Rogue Sun. That's that's fantastic. It really does feel like that. Fortunately, this one's a bit uh, of a less dark opening. We don't we don't lose Anacosta, yeah. thankfully, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, that would be a huge bummer. But um, what did you guys think of Apex City upon first glance? Did you get that like hopeful? feeling it felt to me like you know when you play a pokemon game and and you you just step into the city for the first time you get to see the map for the first time you're like holy shit i'm gonna go to all those gyms and i'm gonna get all those badges and that's how i felt like looking at apex city it just gave me the sense of like adventure but like hope at the same time yeah no you're you're totally right but all as well like especially in this train scene too like he he was so good at like like giving it like it's dark corners like especially at night like when these creatures came in like kind of made it made it scary in a way like how as much like or how beautiful as it was like it definitely had it's like scary parts when these monsters uh came in and it was just yeah really job well done on that I'm glad you said that, Bash, because it is kind of like Viridian City in Pokemon. We're like, wow, it's a whole world to explore, and you've got the tools to do so. Where, and that's kind of the feel of this, where it's Kasia going to university, right? It's like it's a big part in people's lives. It's like you're done with high school, and you can really kind of become who you want to be, and you're not surrounded by the same people. You kind of have your own new world to just kind of enter, and Apex City seems like the perfect place to do that, and it definitely set the tone. You know you know what it reminds me of? You know those memes hmm where they say like if like we everybody has <laughs> oh, it's like it's the perfect yep. universe that's that's what apex city looks like it's like the, yeah, the perfect uh, utopia yeah. everybody's happy great and the one yeah. dies you know it's, it's very open-minded you, you the, yeah. like you have like a youth t- kind of take charge kind of feeling right like they, they the, the the school they go to is very I don't know how to say progressive. Like it's very progressive. They have all these like new teaching techniques and they don't like have conventional teaching in certain ways. There's a lot of like applied teaching. So they have the students go literally learn at, at one point, you know, something happens in Apex. I mean, actually we're, we're getting up to this. We might as well talk. So yeah. Well, they sit uh, on the floor. Can you imagine going to school and sitting on the floor? 
Yeah. Like I mean, some of them are like laying down. Like, that sounds. That sounds awesome. It's got like, don't they have beanbag chairs too? Like it's like they invite stoners. Really? No, I'm just kidding. But yeah, yeah little pillows kind of... and yeah, little cushions and yeah. It reminds me of Shambhala in Halifax. We have a school like that. It's like kind of like a Buddhist school where a lot of kids wow. go, and it's like a completely different kind of form of teaching. Obviously, this is way more advanced and way more like realized. But yeah, it's interesting, right? Because it is such a structured environment to learn. So I like that we're kind of you know taken away from how other people would learn. Like there's no film school for Marshall here. You know, you're probably learning how to do like legitimately kind of like how to apply what you know and think a different way which i think is really cool than just kind of like trying to regurgitate information having students think for themselves is really good for someone who has to think for herself in casa later on right and and you mentioned this earlier the, the placebo effect um, do you want to do you want to go into that well uh we, we meet the professor who who her, her her immediate introduction she she wants people to explain the placebo effect right she wants them she did well they had a discussion about it with the classroom i gotta say this is a little bit cliche but it was a cool introduction to this teacher i did warm up to her um yeah take it away it, it was cliched but i really enjoyed like dr cairo is like super cool i i can't wait to see more of her in the future if there's no infernal garret follow-up i will be pissed i will be holding up signs and protesting but uh i like the what what they do with the with the um the placebo effect because the way we talk about it and how there's no she didn't really have like a gotcha answer right like someone's saying oh there's no reason for it it, it kind of showcased how cassia will reach out uh cassia's cool because she isn't like she doesn't have it kind of reminds me of like shuri's place in black panther too right where she doesn't exactly have like a bunch of like belief in like you know religion or like a bunch of things it's like it's she's really smart and it's like she believes more in what can be what can be proved and written and belief and the placebo effect, it could almost be like belief. You say the words, it opens your mind up for it happening. So, you know, I'm kind of like a word shotgun again here. But, you know, it wouldn't be me if I wasn't. But I like the placebo effect. And it showed showed how every student kind of addressed it. How um, you had uh, uh, Mr. Park's kid, I forget his name, and uh, Harriet. And just how people just deal with the situation and the effect of the placebo effect. Like just saying the word placebo, it's kind of interesting the effect it has in a conversation. This little <laughs> sugary pill, but you think of a power beyond what's reachable. Anyway, yeah, no, that's great. And and speaking of Thomas Park, actually, I think the biggest bummer was when we saw him briefly and then he kind of just never showed up again. But of course, there's a lot of like setup, right? For the, like you mentioned a little bit earlier, like if we don't get a follow up to this, obviously there'll be riots. But I, I think I think it's safe to say we will. I'm, Matt already kind of spoiled I, yeah, sure a little so. bit. Yeah, he did say they were storyboarding it already. So I'm hoping I'm hoping that'll progress. But what did you guys think of this? big twist in the first issue like obviously we, afterwards we meet harriet and we'll talk more about harriet later because she comes into play a lot and she's a really really cool character i, I love her design i love that they gave um a warm a warm friend character to casa because we got you know got marshall and nathan but they're more like dante and ron and randall where they're where they're playful but here we've got like a really cool, a warm supportive friendship and it's nice to see that uh, change in dynamic but we do get this twist where we we get um this 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 kind of sorcerer guy who shows up with a with a staff and and initiates some sort of ritual or not maybe not a ritual but some sort of activity where you know this this being basically sucks the entire city of Apex out of that existence into some other point in space. What did you guys think about this twist? Because I personally I freaked out. I was I literally my jaw was on the floor. I felt like it was a nice kind of um, like what's the word? Not contradiction, but like kind of difference to. How it started off very scientific and, and science-based, evidence-based, and then all of a sudden we have this guy who's doing like magic, right? So it kind of gives the impression of like magic versus science, and then it goes back to belief because you gotta believe in the magic for it to work, I guess. I'm not I'm not too sure, but it's a good um, 
good intro, I guess, to the villain or the main conflict of the story. Yeah, yeah, and, and even though like even though we saw this earlier and kind of saw the city um, floating and saw the whole concept of that, like just seeing this in action, like literally being like sliced out of the earth and the the way the colors play, like with the like I, I, just all, all like the neon lights and everything literally just sucking this thing out it gave me some brainiac vibes in a way like it was kind of like it's uh like just w- world collecting and, and all that um but it was just this was just awesome and it really really gave me vibes like later on uh cassia like she says a line this is a light show like some kind of performance art like uh that that's kind of like what this whole book whole book was so yeah it was just just a treat yeah and also like the staff in the ground reminded me of the lamppost from like c.s lewis like the narnia the classic imagery of like just like the in like another world and it's taking them to another world or space beyond anything that we know and i like how there's a lot you can do with that theme of like people that even in a perfect society there or a society that seems to do much better than our modern one or the one we know today, you, there are people that would feel left behind and then be like, yeah, everything's great. But like they maybe they're they have failings in other areas and that might lead them to be persuaded by, you know, dark demigods or whatever we have going on with this force of entropy. And that could sway you to that. So either way. And how do you deal with this problem? How do you deal with people that feel left out and disenfranchised or, you know, or, you know, find a way to that everyone can coexist without a bumper sticker that's <laughs> with all the symbols on it? Yeah. And. That's a good point because as we see, they, they that's their immediate priority. Of course, the city has an impressive response time in terms of getting the word out there. And, and as we've seen, like Apex is, is high tech and, and progressive. So we shouldn't be too surprised that they have some sort of like public service announcement running quickly. But one thing I did find intriguing was um obviously charlie mentioned this light show we go from you know a very a book with many hues many colors and and this doesn't really stop uh here it doesn't change even though we get sucked out to the middle of space igor monty still manages to create so many uh just uh, sorry inject so much hue uh hues so many hues sorry into the page and you see that with like the green hues that show up as the shield that uh, blockades them uh, in the in the way of the hell in the middle of space they are you know you can see a lot of greens and it's really beautiful it's a nice contrast to the earlier uh, reds and oranges we were seeing during the day but one thing that was really cool to me and this stuck out the first issue because we're still early on in the narrative and and it's we're still not like too sure what the hell's going on but in the middle of all in the midst of all the chaos Anna approaches uh, Cassia and tells her okay look like you got to go take care of this shit like I believe in you and she tells her how to do the initiation uh, for the for the device. She shows her the the hand gesture, and so <laughs> I like that Cass is just like freaking freaking out here. She doesn't know what the hell's going on, but imme- she's immediately thrust into it. What did you guys think of this whole situation right now? Seeing that creature for the first time. Now um, I I know we're kind of like going going all around this so this like this moment especially like put it really really into question for me but like when cassia's mom like first when anna first actually sees like the bracelet and she is shocked uh that like cassia does get it um and like there's a lot like even harriet mentions earlier about like fate like there's there's no chance like it's all fate and and whatnot or even even just like even just on purpose but i i just found it interesting like knowing um anna's uh relationship with uh with the teacher as as like we we find out later um like do you think 
Anna knew that uh, Cassia was going to get these powers the whole time and like she like could have just brought her to this school and uh, knew it because like she she obviously knew the relationship who had it um, and all that so I just thought like this whole this whole dynamic was super interesting that's that's an, that's an interesting take because I didn't think of it from that perspective, but I do think that that must have been a possibility in her mind that if she takes her to Apex City, like Dr. Caro would like would be looking for a replacement or somebody. And I mean, if she she knows Cassia and Cassia definitely fits the bill of someone who, I mean, you would love to be a superhero, think quick on her feet, smart, good heart, all the qualities that you need. So I do think that's an interesting way of looking at it. I don't know if that's what was intended, but I do think that Anna, the character, I mean, it might have been something in her mind. Yeah, that's definitely interesting. I, I hadn't considered that myself, but I'm curious to see what others say, like both online and here. could uh, could that like and and that also brings into question like we know like how much these powers like are powered on belief and whatnot, but like could this whole placebo conversation at the beginning like with all these children been like a decision on kind of who got these powers and kind of who had the best answer to that to that question kind of thing? Interesting. At that at that point, I I kind of hope not. Maybe maybe that one's more manifestation. Maybe it's like a fate thing, kind of manifesting as a result of that. I think so. I think Casio, yeah, was always gonna get it, but yeah, I yeah, think, yeah, for sure. But this first page, though, this first page of her igniting Inferno Ignite, yelling Inferno Ignite, and and just turning into Inferno Girl Red, you get this glorious uh, text. At the, uh, of course, it's an incredible page by everyone involved. Erica Derso, Gomanti, you guys. <laughs> are killing it but uh it says the burning light of hope in the dark infernal go red what did you guys think i i loved i loved this first transformation does it do that in the uh in the uh in the uh individual issues the, like the tech i know it does later on yeah, but when she first yeah. gets it okay yeah, yeah. Okay, no, I, I really love that touch when I, you know, I, I think that really makes it stand out. Just like the, the, the writing is really good and obviously the art and both are firing on a cylinder. So I really like this focus on these characters when we get these like big bads going forward. I think it, it kind of goes back to what Charlie was saying earlier with the anime vibe or the manga vibe. Like these two pages, her transforming and then the, the tagline at the top, it's definitely giving me super anime vibes. And it, it was it was an yeah. awesome first intro into Kasia finally transforming. I forgot oh, yeah. she could fly, and then I saw the dragon wings, and I was like, "Oh my god!" You know, <laughs> like it, it was. It she was wasn't called Dragon Girl Red for nothing. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That is true. But I just love the wings. Like it reminded me so much of when I was reading Venom by Donny Cates uh, for the first time, and there's that issue where Eddie gets those yeah, powers from yeah. the Codex, yeah, and he grows the wings, and it was it's like it's like something you don't expect to happen, but it's so cool when it does happen, and that that's kind of how I felt here. I love. She's got the pumped up kicks too. Like the shoes are super cool. Like Miles would be. Oh yeah, that's like a theme now. I don't know who kickstarted that theme, but like no one has some really badass shoes. There's like a new character they just introduced in Spider-Man. Spider-Boy has some really badass shoes. Like it's it's like a thing now for super. They're always firepower, right? They're always. We got got the whole theme. Yeah, they're always red, and we got firepower. We got like all the 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 shoes and firepower. Like that's a big theme running. So it's like it's become a thing. It's become a culture. I like that, <laughs> especially with the air movie right around the corner. Ben Affleck's like, "Fuck yeah, free free advertising for me." But um, I like the uh, the on, I like the onlookers there. How they're like watching and like, "What is this at first? And then they're like super pumped in the next panel. It's almost an identical panel, but you just see them get like more excited. <laughs> oh, it's like yeah, they're instantly in like yeah, and like you know, it's it's something you see in a lot of superhero stuff. But like, I you love to see it when it's not uh, overdone. And uh, no, it's just great. What do you think is cooler, the Dragon Blast that we saw earlier or the Blackfire? 
Honestly, for me, I'd say it's the Dragon Blast yeah. because, like, it just like the panel goes absolutely berserk when it happens. The fire, the 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 fire, uh, the black fire is dope, but the Dragon Blast is just—it's too cosmic for me. I don't know. It, it struck me more personally. Yeah, I think both. Are... I think Igor has to do a lot with it too. He makes sure. it look so awesome. hundred percent, hundred percent. It's like a Liu Kang fatality or whatever with the animality <laughs> when it gets the dragon. That's what it looks like. It's fucking sick. So yeah, it's yeah, embarrassment of yeah, riches when Blackfire isn't the answer to like what's yeah. the coolest power and something. So yeah, super sweet, and I can't wait to see what else they do with it. Yeah, but it, it, it's also credit to them for giving each character power. It's like Street Fighter where you know the certain characters yeah. have their like Hadoukens, right? Their Shoryukens or whatever the hell they call them. Mm -hmm. And so it's like to, to see to see like them do that for these guys, and then if you've been reading Radiant Pink, like we we did get a big revelation in the latest issue that I think will later give her some sort of boost in her power set. Mm -hmm. That's all I'll say. So anyway, it's back to this. Cassia show. <laughs> Does that mean Cassia, Cassia what? Cassia a Shoto. It's like a protagonist that shoots fireballs oh. and stuff. Like Ryu's a Shoto. I think Mario. Oh. There's a debate of Mario's a Shoto. It's, it's ridiculous, but yeah. Answer, uh, that's actually a good question. Anyways, yeah, let's get back into it. Yeah, we need. All I know is we need our our fighting game where we have all the Massiverse characters as teased by the mm -hmm. by the covers, the pixelated covers, because that would be a dream come true. Mm -hmm. But th that's the end of the first issue. If you're reading the single issues, we end the first issue with um, with Inferno Girl Red recovering as she falls down from her first encounter. Anna runs to her and is proud of her for. Um, her incredible start, but that's where Cassia just freaks out and says, no, you need to help me figure out how to get this bracelet removed. And so this never happens again. So it seems like she's kind of a little bit traumatized by the whole experience. We'll see. Let's go and continue now with book uh, one, part two of three. So for those of you who are reading it that way. Uh, so yeah, it's interesting that the next day, uh, sorry, it picks up immediately, obviously, because as we said, this was meant to be one story and they've gone to the cafe because even though <laughs> they have no idea whether the city's still operating, um, they want to get some grub because they, um, Anna wants to just make uh, Cassia feel a little bit better. But I do like this intimate conversation between the two of them. I think it's, it's like Peter has his, his you know, he, he obviously has the Uncle Ben moment, but then he has Aunt May to be there to motivate him kind of, even when she doesn't know he's Spider-Man, she gives him those speeches sometimes. And I think here it's, it's a different kind of refreshing because you have, Anna, who's like, not only do I know that you're Inferno Gold Red, but I've, I'm relatively familiar with the previous Inferno Gold Red, so I could actually be useful. I like that kind of, like, weaving her into the story. Yeah, I think Anna's the best, might be the best parent in the Massiverse. I mean, Mr. Burnett, I think, has been knocked off his pedestal. We haven't seen a ton of him lately, but, like, Anna's an amazing parent. From the, Like, she says all the right stuff. Like, she, she just, every time she has, like, the perfect words, even when she's, like, fading off into the ether later on. Like, she's she's great. And I do also love that uh, on the board there, on the blackboard, they have Erica's Choice, the cinnamon soy latte, which I presume is probably your favorite drink, right? I assume that's meant to be a reference to Erica or so. And then Ryan's Blueberry Match, match Latte, I assume, is Ryan Parrott, right? I, I'm just assuming that these are the Massiverse people. You know what they say about assuming. And also says Kyle on the board, too. So it could be our second Kyle Higgins reference so far. That's really cool. I didn't notice that. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that's a good guess. Uh, yeah. Um, I, 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 so, yeah, this this whole conversation, I got to say, it is inspiring. I did like I did like this whole dynamic. I like seeing her mom be involved. It's like almost like a, con a, a continuity thing for her mom in that sense, because she was in in, in a small sense helping the previous Inferno Gold Red. And here she is helping the new Inferno Gold Red. So that's really cool. I do like to see these. Um, 
I, I do like that we've gone back to the campus afterwards because I'm I'm really a big fan of Harriet, uh, her friend that she met in the first issue, mm-hmm. or I guess if you're reading the whole thing that she met earlier. Such a great character. It's it's I I really like Harriet a lot because I feel like sometimes you need someone who's just like a good friend like Harriet, and I think Cassia in this story, given all the shit she goes through, I'm glad that she has a Harriet. We all need a Harry in our lives, and it's lucky that Kasha has one. It's like she's great, and I like the way I like the way she's written. Like you can tell, like she there was mentioned earlier on there, like people she's used to dealing with people that think her beliefs are like ridiculous, right? And it's like she's not like mean about it. She just kind of knows how to like you know weave through that world because there's a lot of like buzzwords out there or like certain words that will like completely change the way someone views you and thinks you're like a, a nut for lack of a better term with certain things with regards to faith and belief. So I, I think that she's also dealt with a lot of you know naysayer so she's happy to have someone that's just like a conversation and and that she can kind of like nurture but also also maybe challenge her ideas and they can challenge each other yeah i agree uh, harriet yeah i think you you put it perfectly there so you know as as they they have their bonding moment and they, they, the people have mentioned like there may be potentially hints of a romance i i feel i felt it's, it's very ambiguous and i i hope I, i'm glad they did it that way because I think it adds tension to the story, but also you never know. Maybe there's another character who. Yeah, but, I, I, could, I could see it happening for sure. Yeah, I feel like it could go either way. They could just stay friends, or they could be a romantic couple. It really could go either way. I feel like Thomas is the uh, is the romantic interest for Cass. If I, had to, <laughs> I think I think that's yeah. what they're intending, right? And they, I kind of like their little like talk. I kind of like it where. And but next is gonna be like, oh, your dad kind of sent my mom to the shadow realm, so uh, that's probably <laughs> <laughs> the new rival, the new Gary <laughs> Thomas. Yeah. So who knows? But yeah, I do think yeah, I do think there could be a future romance between the two of them if uh, they both uh, you know are attracted to each other. But I do think that it's important to have just have a good, a really good friend and female friendships. You can be a little bit more intimate and kind of like cuddle and do stuff like that, and it could be more platonic. But yeah, I think that's if they go in that direction in the future, I think it would be interesting because Harriet's you know Harriet's the best. Yeah, and this page of, of her igniting again and leaving the the campus is just the artist or the artist just showing off. Like, look at how good, look at how dynamic and beautiful that page is. You could even see the reflection off her helmet. It's incredible, truly incredible stuff. And I like to see that uh, she's she's starting to come around to the powers, right? So, um, and and this also this this image of the of her flying through the through the uh, Apex City. But the the enclosed Apex City in space, you can see certain buildings. A lot of them have trees growing out of them. Uh, you've got here a city that says community garden. Uh, sorry, a building that says community garden food for free for everyone. So this is a very progressive city. It's almost like yeah, like utopia, like you you guys said before. So it's really cool. To I mean, see it's, that. it definitely says something that the city is on lockdown, lifted from the earth, and no one knows what's going to happen tomorrow. But everybody's still living their lives. The coffee shop is open schools going on there's no like if this happened in real life there's probably be like looting in the streets and mm-hmm. the shops you know it, oh, people yeah. wouldn't feel safe but it looks like everybody's just like oh we'll, we'll be all right we'll figure and people, something out people trust their government they believe that they'll protect them and stuff like that yep. which yep. is the yep. sign of success but yeah and them doing a good job i i do like that idea of like they help the community and stuff like that the, the green on the buildings like i love the idea of fusion of technology and nature they don't have to be mutually exclusive which is always a really interesting route to take yeah, and I, that goes with the the theme of fusing belief and science in, mm-hmm. in some ways, which they they are kind of doing in this book. So yeah, that's that's a good uh, point. I do I do love these dynamic pages because obviously she's flying through the uh, city, and that's when Arna tells her that she's trailed a few uh, 
of the of the critter things that she has to deal with. So she does that. She, I like that she's just like experimenting with her powers basically, and that's not unfamiliar territory for for our massiverse heroes, right? They like to mess around, and and that understandably so. I mean, that's that's pretty cool. So we get this these incredible dynamic action pages. Um, uh, we do get Anna making a very brave and stupid rescue at one point. So, like I said, I really do like her involvement in this book. I like how she's she refuses to be kept on the sidelines. She's she's a part of everything that Cassia does, even if Cassia's flying around and Anna can't. She'll find a way to to eventually get up. This is a fucking amazing race for Anna. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She uh, she's not shy of get getting herself into trouble. Like literally la- launching herself off like a two story or like no like a one story literally like stairs like a bunch of stairs literally just like hawks herself <laughs> over in her car like the nice kyle higgins license plate there i i the kyle higgins mobile yeah no i i like that the license plate i, I they were consistent with that the whole the whole issue so I, I i did like that but yeah she uh there was a few times yeah i was uh i was questioning her sanity or her uh <laughs> like, I was like, "What is she doing?" Like, she just had like no question for everything. A, a couple times, and, just, and like, like she just like puts herself in trouble with the with the. We'll we'll see the Griffin later, and just like has no has no worries about that. Is just hoping Inferno Go Red comes and uh, saves her. Um, but yeah, no, it, it it does work. It does work. Um, not not so much later, but we'll talk about that. It shows you that bravery runs deep in the family, my friend. This yeah, is yeah, I guess, component. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Fair not enough. even that. Fair enough. Without uh, Cash's father, her father's not there, right? He kind of like left them, which we found out later. But like that bond of like a mother and child, or father and child, when it's mm-hmm. like just you, it, you're their world, right? Like we don't see, right. we don't know if she even really dated after. Uh, the other guy, right? Her focus could have just been Kasia and putting Kasia, you know, first. That's what a lot of parents do, a lot of the best ones. And I thought that she was a little overzealous jumping into this, but also I don't have kids <laughs> and I know that you're risking, you know, it's like, that's your everything. Imagine creating a being, raising that creature that's part you and part someone that you love. And they're just like, you know, they're, they're, they have all this power and you know, it's a crazy time in their life. Yeah. You would, I can't say I wouldn't be, you'd be sacrificing yourself if you really you know, yeah. cared about it. I mean, Anna's probably on full adrenaline. She's probably like, I mean, if she dies, she has the, the you know, the Inferno Go Red Vice. So we're all we're all screwed at that point. So she's like, I might as well just, you know, be her insurance. <laughs> but, but I do agree. It, was like, it just shows and what, what you said earlier, but it shows how she's like, yeah, she might be the single parent right now, the only parent, but she's a super badass parent too. She's not only a great parent in the sense of being, you know, being a good mentor and a good uh, steward for Anna, but also a protector, like literally throwing mm-hmm. her, her neck her car everything on the line to to buy her she, a few seconds she, she was like she was like eddie in in last issue she mm-hmm. she didn't have the same fate yep. but it gave me the same vibe there like it wasn't like what it was actually it was more necessary at the at this moment launching and car, she's so a good I'll journalist i'm like max sands no 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 shade of max sands but you were used to those environments like a lot of journalists <laughs> you risk your neck out there reporting on war zones or you know ha- you know dangerous situations so i think that her threshold for adrenaline and dealing with situations and confronting danger i think that she can deal with a lot more than your average person um what one thing i i I did uh notice going through this again um a point that kind of slipped through my mind the first time is um so that they've disconnected from earth and um their city has generated enough energy for like they said two or a couple months um to live so i guess like 
they they have a couple months here but so i i'm curious if they're gonna have to try to be able to sustain by themselves or try to find a way to teleport themselves back or something like that so yeah no, it's, uh, it's okay eva eva's gonna come and get everybody there we go, there we go. Te- <laughs> there teleport go. the whole freaking city that's yeah, the worst mechanics go. right there <laughs> now you're getting love creative. it love it, <laughs> love it. Oh my god, that's a good. That's a, actually that's a, that's that's actually genius. Like I I watch a lot of Stargate and they do shit like that all the time where they send shit through the Stargate to other planets and I'm just like, oh, you, radiant pink, there's a moving fucking Stargate. But um, I I just want to say this first page where we get introduced to the the Griffin, I got such like ominous sinister vibes from him. I thought this was such an incredibly well well done page. We obviously knew that these. Uh, uh these abominations had to be coming from somewhere so not just like you know raining down from space or anything so it's it's interesting to see the griffin but i also got the sense immediately when he pulls out that like you know hand i mean I, that's the best that it looks to gauntlet, me hand. yeah gauntlet yeah is it a gauntlet is it a hand like is it a severed hand or is it a gauntlet I would say I think it's a gauntlet. gauntlet. Yeah, because yeah, he's he's got two hands there. He, he he's not. Missing I guess. Okay. So yeah. So, I mean, I, yeah. I, I, okay, the hand gauntlet, right? So so <laughs> yeah. Okay. That, 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 yeah, the, the glowing hand gauntlet, which looks like radioactive in or or something, you know. I thought that was really badass, but that's another like artifact. You know, each of our massiverse uh, stories has their own respective artifacts, and of course, Dead Lucky being one that's more grounded in realism and science. It, you know, the artifacts being things like robots or the or the Marotech. But here at Radiant Black, of course, we have the Radiance and all the lore associated with that. We have existence. And in Rogue Sun, we have tons of things. We've got the key, the, the chalice that they're mm. competing for, right? We have all these cool uh, lore things. So it's cool to see Infernal Red add to, to that uh, that corner of, of, of the Massiverse with their lore. We've got this, this gauntlet hand thing. We've got the Griffin, who you'll see has a very particular look. We've got these abominations. And then we've yeah. got a little teaser of entropy, right? Which we'll say, we'll talk about more later. Yeah, I feel like this room must be like beneath like a hot topic or something like that, and they're just draining all the angst and entropy, and they're <laughs> just powering up all the stuff. Also, it looks like the kind of ta- like it looks like almost like Palpatine return tanks kind of deal there. You almost every little clone tanks and all that stuff. But yeah, no, I do like it the way that they introduced um, the character, and then we get Mister Park right after, right? So I thought that was kind of cool to see him, and then quickly mm-hmm. like, oh no, this is him, and he's in a, he's in an educational setting. He's teaching your kids. This guy who is the reason you're screwed right now. It's kind of scary that. Uh, this is what's teaching and he's just he's suave and he's a bastard and even his kid like will just say that he wants power and stuff in class and then his first lesson is to give them all potential disaster stemming from yeah. the city's current yeah. situation <laughs> and they're trying to address uh, how they would deal with it it's like this guy is literally over the top as hell but then anyone trying to solve is like oh good i'll know how to stop anyone that might try to stop it now it's like oh good yeah. solution too good i'll uh, make sure to cut the power to that yeah both sides <laughs> and that's where we get thomas and and i'm really curious like this is why it was i was a bit critical earlier of not getting more thomas because i kind of took to his character right away i was very interested with um where he is in this entire web of intricate like storytelling because like you said we've set up his father just just before this and and you know spoiler alert his father is the griffin because this is a, we're reviewing the whole thing you know i hope it's clear that this is a spoiler review so his father is the griffin and you know, knowing that we, we all we all got the feeling. I'm pretty sure I got the feeling. I'm pretty sure others got the feeling that he was the Griffin. So it's like you go into it with that suspicion. I'm really curious to see how Thomas's how Thomas's role in all this is, is going to unfold. Is he the un, un, unwitting like son? Is he the son who actually knows and, and, and is indifferent? I don't know. But I'm curious to see what his story is going to be like 
um, once we get more Inferno Gold Red. Because I did enjoy, like Matt said, this was a really uh, fun encounter here between him and Cassia, and I really did enjoy that. And I think they have a fun dynamic. Whether they become just friends or relationship, I don't care. I think they have an interesting dynamic. I, I want to see more of it. This is almost heartbreaking, though. Like, I love it how she shows attention to him and stuff like that. And they kind of, they're bonding. And he's like, yeah, sometimes I just wish. And then you get the text that you got to do Infernal Girl Red stuff. So you got to leave. So, you know, obviously, I, I not obviously, but it looks to me like Thomas has been neglected a lot by his father. We don't know what his mom's doing. Maybe there's, like, more, like, um, you know, uh, people in the house, like a nanny or someone that's supposed to raise him. People pay them to basically be around Thomas. I don't know for sure, but that usually happens in wealthy homes and stuff like that. And I get the a feeling that his dad's a very uh, hardworking guy, maybe not always home. So when someone does show you a little bit of attention, you want to open up and she leaves and you're like, fine, I'll just lean above this tree. At least this tree won't leave me. And then winter comes and it falls. I don't know. No, but I, I really like that. We got like two pages of them basically or three pages. And I'm, I'm interested in this dynamic and I can't, I want to see it uh, play out. Yeah, and 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 yeah, and you know, from his perspective, it could just seem like she's just another bratty teenager who only like, you know, just wants to do shit on their phone and doesn't care. So I totally get that. It must feel even worse for him, um, just after, like you said, just having a positive experience with with someone who could potentially be a friend. But in the next page after that, you get a really cool badass introduction in a, with a stunning page to uh, first appearance of Griffin, um, in in full armor. Really cool design. Really like they're really Power Rangersy in certain respects, and that's no surprise given you know Massive is one of the biggest influences. Tokusatsu in general, Power Rangers, all that good stuff. Kamen Rider. Well, what did you guys think of of the Griffin? How he looks? He looks awesome. I think it's a nice foil to Inferno Bar Red too. He has the that like little hair coming out and uh, his cape, but he's all super dark colors. He's um, he he gives me like. He has kind of like a knight look, like a medieval knight too, which yeah, yeah. I like, but I, it's it's kind of cool. It's different than Inferno Red. Yeah, no, it is a fa- fantastic look. Like j- j- just sold me, sold me right away, and just kind of uh, just immediately made me love this book even more. Like obviously, if you if you love the design of the hero and 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 the villain, it just it it helps that much more, but just knocked it out of the park of these designs and obviously lo- love seeing that at the end like of the uh the hardcover like the little extras like just going through like the details of how they design these things and uh like the infernal go red suit um in particular was just was just incredible um but yeah this this first encounter um was really cool and just just to see kind of the details of the plan um kind of unfoiling here um kind of what 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 they're trying to what they're trying to do with apex city and uh kind of send it out for for a collector i guess their their boss um who who we don't really get named of yet um but uh or is it entropy it's like the the eternal entropy, void. Yeah, it is entropy. yeah it's the eternal void um so yeah that's uh pretty pretty big stuff yeah i like typhoon boy blue no it's it's not like overdone it's lack of colors is gray it's just you know the grays and the dark you know kind of like blacks and blues i i think it's cool and it kind of reminds me that the cowl almost has like the uh, batman little uh little ears and stuff like that but no i i think it's really cool and it uh it does look like it's almost like genji or something it doesn't have the like japanese influence and uh it's it's cool and i, I gotta fight the urge not to call him gray griffin all the time although the gray wouldn't take away from the entropy and nothing really mattering but I dig it. Yeah, no, I agree with everything you guys said. There's a lot of influences, definitely some 
It has a little bit like looking like Japanese Genji for sure. Love the overall design. I like this whole encounter. It's very, it just kept me on the edge of my seat. I, I was anticipating this battle for a long time. And, you know, given the narrative structure of the book and given how these stories usually go, I knew Inferno Girl Red was going to get her ass handed to her. But it was nice to see her attempt to do the Dragon Blast for the first time. It did remind me of Dylan's first attempt at the Black Fire where yeah, yeah. You know, he just botched it. Um, I love his response to it. It's just like, get shit on. <laughs> just straight up. Uh, yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> just like, he was like, get the fuck out of here, kid. Like, you know, like none of that like, child's play. I mean, it's brutal in terms of, I, obviously, Cassia. I, I warmed up to her a lot. I really loved this story, and we'll get more into that towards the end. But this was hard to watch because I knew she was going to get her ass beat. Like, there's no way she's going to... Just look at that introduction. Fucking Griffin, emissary of the eternal void. Like, what are you going to do? A man's walking around basically skipping with that gauntlet in his hand, and it's literally radiating some weird cosmic energy. This full-on, like, fuck-you-up yeah. stuff, you know, right? Like, so... <laughs> That panel with her being held by him at, at, by the throat, that's just not some Darth Vader shit. You know what I mean? So this was brutal. This was, in some senses, anticipated. But what I will say is throwback to what Charlie uh, said earlier. We've got Ana Costa, the real superhero, the real Inferno. He <laughs> <laughs> just pops out of nowhere. With, uh, really? Like, like, well, what do you think she's going to do here? Uh, what, what is that, a little stick? Um, Maybe trade a life for a life. No, it's a cable. It's a cable. It's a it's a metal cable. Yeah, it's like a big it's a it's a big metal rod. But what I do like about that moment is that I do like that it's I like two things. I like that it's pure impulse and desperation, but on two different ends of the spectrum. On the one end, you have the rational adult, the learned person compared to the youngster, the one with of course more experience, who is making this balls to the wall decision to just leap in there against a cosmic powered being who is literally shooting energies energy blast out of their gauntlets and is about to kill their daughter so it's pure desperation pure survival instinct and then on the other hand you have the exact same thing but from the other end of the spectrum where you have this child who is a teenager who's thinking purely impulsively there's no there's no thought this is pure just reaction impulse of no time for needs of the many we got to get yep. the hell i'm saving yep. my mom it's, right it's now. freaking out and like let's just get out of here like I, I can't react to this i can't fight this let's just dip this is like when you're playing Pokemon, you got to run. <laughs> it's like run away. You know what I mean? I'm, of course, that's a, that's, I'm joking about that comparison. But this is scary, of course, right? Like she, you have on the one end a pure survival instinct, but from from the I need to protect my my offspring. And then on the other, my daughter, my, my loved one, you have the I need to, it's the same thing. I need to protect my mom, my family. But it's impulse. It's pure impulse. It's because she knows at that point, I think, on, on both of the conscious and subconscious level that she has no chance against the Griffin right now. Yeah, I, I, and like afterwards, the scene afterwards, she's like, "We have to go back. This is the only chance. You have to, you can't let him." And then she, she takes the helmet off, and you see Kasia is just symbolically. Like, there's no belief. The dragon blast failing was symbolic uh, of her lacking belief in that moment. Yeah, true. And it, well, and then she's just starting out. Even if you believe it, you know, it's hard to cast spells in Harry Potter the first time. You know, swish yep. and flick, and you don't even know what you're doing. <laughs> you're Hermione Granger. So it's to list the nerdier franchise and the one that you mentioned. You joked about. But anyways, not shitting on either. I love both. Uh, but yeah, Cash's face, right? You see it, like the way Erica drew that. You feel that. It's like it's so much. It's like I let you down. I failed. I couldn't do what had to be done. And she's happy she saved her. But it's like, geez, I could have lost my mom right there. There's so much baked into that. 
and then you know anna ever trying to be the you know the, the parent and doing the right thing is like sorry baby like she's she's saying like you did well and stuff like that even though she didn't get the job done it's like she still did a hell of a job fighting this guy who's trained all her life as opposed to this cast just had this dumped on her when she was ready to go to college not literally fist fight you know for life fist fight and learn how to have believe the believe that you can shoot beams it sounds nuts but in the context of the story it just works so well and I, it's just it's just uh, one i think this is like peak massiverse stuff yeah yeah 100%. and and this this kind of showed me too uh like it, it it really reminded me of like when when like anytime like a green lantern just like loses their will or like get gets overcome by fear or whatnot um d- doesn't get the ring but just like just loses their power and um kind of just like this really sh- like just kind of uh shined out to me that like their belief is really like much like a green lantern's like will like powers powers their their powers so i i kind of yeah i really like that yeah and we see that even despite her best intentions as we progress through this issue through this part of the story that like as more and more attacks begin to occur throughout the city despite anna's best intentions her actually showing up repeatedly to help is is a liability because uh we see the griffin at one point almost i i can't tell if this attack is staged but i would like to think that he's clever enough to have staged that attack to where we see Anna like waiting off in the distance because she tried to intervene earlier, but Cassie was having none of it because she was like, look, like it's hard enough doing the superheroing stuff. I can't have you be, you know, caught in the middle. Just please stay out of it and watch. And that's where she goes back. And she's just like, nope, um, Anna's gone. She's captured by the Griffin. So that's where we conclude book two of three uh, issue. I'm uh, sorry. Uh, book one, part two of three, or, you know, that part of the story, if you're reading the whole thing and we're moving on to book three. But yeah, what, what do you guys think of that part of the story? Like, I, I feel like the whole us constantly seeing Anna like intervene was basically them foreshadowing that that was going to happen. No, of course. And we mentioned that it was stupid. It was brave, but it was stupid. You know, she yep. she might have experience dealing with an, an Inferno Go Red and, you know, the Cabal and Entropy and whatever, but she's definitely not on the same level to be like doing this kind of stuff. But now, and like you guys said, Eddie died, story. right? Like yeah, Eddie yeah, died, did. Yeah. yeah, and it could easily be her. Yeah, she she definitely got a little more lucky, but even still, like, and and I'm surprised, like, even happen like helping out the last Infernal Girl Red, like, she has experience doing this, but you see, like, you see Cassia fighting this big monster, and she just comes in like literally as just like a distraction for her and like all she's thinking about is hey mom like get out of here and she's just like getting the crap kicked out of her all over the place because that's all all she's thinking about um but i I did really like the moment where she grabbed the big cable um and just like like put all put a bunch of like electricity into it and power into it and just um like just beat beat the crap out of that big monster uh that that was a really cool moment and like she she goes and she freaks out about the whole situation to Harriet and we see that Harriet didn't just uh she knew already about about uh Cassie being a vertical right and I think that adds to everything we've already said about because she's never being a sensed it. Yeah. Yeah. No, she I, saw her, right? She I saw her that one point. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But but like I, I think that adds to what we said earlier about her being a good friend. Like she's a good person to the point where like it didn't really make a difference. It didn't uh, you know, change how she felt about Cassia as a person. It didn't really. She didn't she feel waited. 
she would yeah. she she was comfortable to tell her which is like the ultimate pro friend move you know like that's mm -hmm. like what is she running for jesus like that's like and so she didn't nice. use that information right most people no. would use that to blackmail or to get some sort of leverage on on someone or get some sort of outcome that's favorable but mm -hmm. no she was just a good friend and that's really nice to see mm. and, but we're talking so, about, oh, yeah sorry go ahead no, go no this is this i'm really but if we're talking about belief here before we started podcasting i was a couple minutes late because my computer started updating and the touchpad on my laptop got fixed by an update it hasn't worked for like a month and a half and now it works and i can mute silently so you know uh, a little bit of belief a little bit of technology there you, there you and go. we got something from it and i got myself muted, so. there you go the spirit of Inferno Gold Red runs deep. Exactly. And exactly. and I, I want to say Harriet's such a good friend that she actually offers to help Anna with her situation by, uh, you know, well, they talk about the power grid and, and if the Gurren guy is trying to teleport things in and out of the city, they must be using a lot of power. So why don't we go look at the power grid? Because I have a friend who, uh, Lillian, who actually is in charge of that. And that's where they go to Lillian and they have the discussion. And she tells her where the source of... Uh, power the power sources and it's actually from park industries which you know gives it all away it gives it away that the fact that it's obviously dr park who is the griffin and it also begs the question what is thomas park's involvement in all this because as we see cassia is determined to to of course save the day and we get this iconic in my opinion iconic page of her just looking out into apex city and this page is important for me because it reflects what we've talked about it reflects i think this is the moment of her not only uh, believing, but accepting. And I think that takes the belief to the full potential, at least in that in that specific moment, because we see that the look in her eye, we see that look in her eye change as she's she's accepted, as she's had that revelation. And she she understands now what what's truly at risk, what she has to do, and she ignites and it's she's it's got the eye of the dragon. And she's yep. rising up to the challenge of arrivals now. Like, legit, she's ready to go. <laughs> and that page, like, her looking at the city, her changing her mind. You're right. This is an iconic page. And then the Infernal Girl Ignite. Like, the lighting in this, like, the fabric on her clothes looks freaking amazing. The lighting on it. Like, everyone is just firing on all their cylinders. It's like we did Dragon Blast with, like, with art. With Everyone just believed in it. Like, look at it. Look at the lighting. I, don't, I mean, I can't do it justice. And in, in thousands of words, I couldn't. But it just, it's a, it's one of the best looking books I've read. It, I think, like, whatever year you can put out, that you can say this book released, whether it was 2022 or the actual release now i think it's one of the best looking books of that year like it's amazing i think it might be the best looking book i've ever read i can i can i can easily say that and that's a big reason of why i can read this book three times and still yeah. feel fresh and like enjoy reading it for the third time well said. i definitely think it's one of the best looking books i've read definitely in the last year like 100 it's it's a work of beauty that's why i, I told you guys like after after reading this and connecting with Cassian and the character, I had to like get a page, which I did. I got the first page where you can see Cassian without her helmet. So I'm proud of that. Matt, if you're listening, Magboom, I told you I was going to get a page. I told you. Uh, so yeah, we go to the page where we're getting the showdown. You get another ugh, incredible page where Cassia crashes through, where we're going to go right now, crashes through Park Industries to face Dr. Park 1v1. And that's where he has his big teleport moment page, which is equally as badass as Inferno Goldberg's. I mean, come on, guys, look at those colors. You got like purple hues in the hair with bits of orange and red, almost flame like. You've got incredible purples, light blues, teals. Like it's just a mixture of all these different shades of blue and purple, but it looks fantastic. Um, so, Relentless Emissary of the Eternal Void. Holy shit. 
fantastic stuff. I love the panel layout on these pages because it really gives you like a Street Fighter-esque setup for like a big fight that's about to happen. And then that's where we get we kick off and we get the big fight. What did you guys think of this fight? I, I knew immediately just before it even began. I was like, Igor is going to do some shit. And he does he does some crazy shit in the next few pages. He goes crazy. He, he turns it up to 11. He takes you to existence in, in Inferno Go Red. It's iconic, like Igor yellows and reds that he just like it takes you. It's like almost like the X-ray moves in Mortal Kombat. You're like, ooh, it really shows the impact of a crazy near fatal blow with uh, you know sometimes fatal. You, it's yeah. hard to tell until the next page because it's so there's so much. It's so dynamic. Yeah, yeah. That that shot of him just crouching over over her like abs after that shot you you were just mentioning was just like he just looks so vicious and he's so like yeah he's uh, he, he's he's just the uh, a very very scary villain and just like the the design it gets me every time like the ears uh definitely get, gives me a little bit of even like batman vibes but he's got like the the beak at at the front um so it's just yeah it, it's incredible and this whole this whole fight um really really up until uh she gets her uh she gets her watch snapped or whatever whatever you call it um was just awesome and uh that page kind of her her losing hope again and then and then regaining it um really just summed up this book in in a perfect way kind of right at the end yeah i think she stopped overthinking what her mom's been trying to tell her the whole time and finally just like interpreted it and she was like oh belief is magic well watch this and she turns into like she like this would be like the pokemon evolving moment right <laughs> like she literally <laughs> Charizard right there yeah. Yeah, literally, like, just full flames. And you could see, like, it's a tiny little detail, but if you look at the page where it says, Belief incinerates the conceivable, Inferno Girl, red blazing, you could see the dragon's head on the left yeah. side of her shoulder. So it's like the dragon's, like, come to life. You know what I mean? It's a really Ooh, nice almost detail. Like she yeah. finished a really high-level raid or something and got some new shoulder pelicans. That's freaking <laughs> yeah. sweet. Also, yeah, like, Gear is next level blazing, literally. This is, I, this is I, not I like her cape mode, page. right? Yeah. I would, oh yeah. Yes, I would buy this page if this yes, wasn't yes. digital. Like I, I would, I would patties. message Erica all day. I'd be like, Erica, Erica, buy, let me buy this page for me. Also, just the, before Igor, Igor, Igor's uh, colors. Uh, when she, just when she says, when Cassie says, "Infernal girl ignite," she like smiles in the face of like, in, well, what would be death if she had no belief of these last couple of days? Like that's just you're smiling at your demise right there. And then like the colors as the. Uh, the, jet, the bracelet like re uh, like i don't know it's still cracked but it like, comes back together and then the blast it's just amazing lettering it's just like the colors you're just like what am i even looking at i just know it's awesome yeah. looking at it for Dude, that page is one of the best pages i've ever seen like ever reading a comic book i swear to god i'm not saying that lightly like i've i've seen some crazy pages in my time but that page literally like i i, I was on that page for a long time staring at it like a long long time I'll be showing my grandkids this on their way to Apex City. Like it's legit. Like it's it's like it's like it's inspiring. Like I want to say this. Like when I first read the book, it's fucking inspiring. Like belief. I grew up in a, in like a pretty agnostic agnostic household. My mom was like a psychologist. I learned like about like behavior and all this kind of like scientific ways to explain shit. But there's that secret sauce in life that really you know pushes you forward and keeps you there. And like belief in yourself and the mixture. I think there's a balance of both. You know, you don't have to wait for a pendulum to swing. You can kind of be like the great Jedi. You can there's there's uh, ideologies and stuff like that that you can mix in, and you can kind of like make a perfect utopia or like an apex C. There's you know I I've, uh, I'm rambling like crazy, but I do think that belief is powerful in yourself or in others or just being that light, being something people can depend on. Those Harriets in the world that you know nurture the souls that might save us if she's not saving them. You know, like that kind of shit. I dig it. And this book is something special. That's basically like it means a ton to me, and I know I'm not alone. 
Yeah, definitely. I agree with all of that. And I really want to echo the sentiments. You really feel it. Like there's a moment where, because you can see when she ignites and achieves like that final form towards the end and she's holding Park and, and she just like gives him the final punch, but then sees her mom and, uh, you know, that she has that like final moment of rest. She has, she basically says her goodbye to her mom. And even though she says her goodbye at that moment, she has both Harriet and Dr. Caro there for her. And that's where Dr. Caro gives her a promise. Some Batman Beyond shit here almost. But she's like, I'm going to train you. I'm going to work with you to figure out what happened to your mother. And we're going to save the city. So it makes me think like, like maybe there's a chance that they'll see her mother again. Who knows? But I, I do, I do got to say even that page at the final page of the story was where she says, Dr. Caro says to Cassia right before the final page, she says, but none of this will work if you don't believe. You need to believe me. Believe that we can do this, do you? And then it ends with a, a close-up shot of, of her face, and she's in her fist gripped. You can see the amulet glowing. You can see her hair is still a little bit on fire. She's bruised. She's battered. She's bleeding. But she says, yes, I believe you. Let's do it. And I thought that was just one of the most badass endings. I knew, I knew he was going to end it in an open-ended way because... That's the way they're gonna keep you wanting more. Of course, they're gonna they're gonna have to end it that way so that people be like, "Oh fuck, I need more." And that's how we all felt immediately. Like that, that was all of our reaction. I remember like everyone's reaction basically after the review. You know, with the, all the list of the, the the amazing heaps of praise that we were throwing at this title, appropriately so. Um, we were all saying how it sucked. That the worst thing about reading this was that we had to wait for the next part. That, that's the worst thing about reading this mm -hmm. is that you're gonna have I don't to know wait. How long we're gonna have part. to wait either? I have no idea. That's the that's the worst know. part. That's the worst part. That I'm sure it won't be like as long as we've waited for this one. Yeah, I, I, you know what I mean. But like, but, but like books still. like this don't just follow the sky. <laughs> they no. take a lot of practice. And, and, and how are they? Someone asked a very good question and said, "How are they going to do the next one? Are they going to do another like this format? Yeah, is it going to do like another hardcover? Is it going to be Kickstarter? Are you going to do an ongoing? Are you going to do mini series? I think those are all fantastic questions, and I think. We'll get answers when they're ready, when they have the answers, of course. And I know that's I think a... it'll be one page a month in the Massiverse serial that Kyle's making right now with Coverologist, <laughs> and then you put together the... the... <laughs> Yeah. No, but you don't know what Kyle's doing. I also loved in this uh, the way that they show the reactions, almost like you'd see in anime, where they like the characters all like chibi and like the reactions all amplify. And in this, they they there's no coloration in it except for uh, uh, Harriet's glasses, which are really funny because I guess it's not a part of her anatomy, so it doesn't change color. Although, yeah, it begs more questions. But no, I, I like that. It, it gives a little like cuteness to this book that uh, I really like. Also, Lillian's cool as hell. We didn't have much time to talk about her, but mm -hmm. hopefully, we get to see her. Like big bad girl upside, uh, she was fun. I, all of the friends in this are, are freaking great. There's and a lot to look forward to like right. they did they set up enough so that yes you're not like you're not like oh i got you know like there's not much. no you still look forward to thomas they still look forward to more hair you still look forward to Lillian. so it's like i'm glad that there's still a lot for us to discover about apex and its people we, we saw in massiveverse right there was the we saw in the future there was two other characters with superpowers right blue and green right so presumably yeah. that could be friends and i get big sailor moon vibes from this like the transformation especially in this with the symbols and stuff like that there's major sailor moon upside of this sailor moon's right as hell hell yeah um, yeah, I think overall this was just an incredible addition to the Massiverse. I really think like with Marshall or Radiant Black, I think I think Cassie is my favorite character in the Massiverse. I really do think it just it just really everything in this book worked for me. Um, the art, I think Erica, like I I had to really 
I ha- I'm going to definitely get a commission from Erica at some point because I saw that her commission list opened not too long ago. And she's I think she's one of the most exciting talents working in comic books right now. I'm really I'm following everything she's doing everywhere. Yeah. I, I can't wait. Breakers is broken if that if her name isn't on that list. <laughs> like, you know, what I mean, like <laughs> legit. She's, she's an icon. She's on the map for me. Like they did women of Marvel. She did the cover. She's doing some covers for Marvel. Like she does. I see her do it. She, she did a cover recently for Captain Marvel. That was really cute. Nice. And I, I appeared on that. Yeah. It's yeah, great to so, see her career blooming after this. Mm-hmm. She draws a lot of Betsy Braddock, which I find like very appropriate because <laughs> like her, her art style is really good for that. But I can't wait for more from this entire creative team. I gotta say, uh, ladies and gentlemen, take a bow for this incredible, incredible book. Uh, Erica Dosoma, Gumi Gomonte, Becca Carey, you guys, and Kyle Higgins, and Michael Basudo, uh, and Sabrina. And wait, there's one more. There's one more. And Lorenzo. Everyone involved with this book, you guys killed it. Did a fantastic job. What What did you guys think overall? Did you Did you love it? Did you like it? Uh, what are your thoughts? Top tier comment for me. It's a nine point five for me. Like I I think like there's like a couple pacing issues if you read it in the new format, but I think that like you'll be if you're looking to nitpick. I mean, there's not much there, right? Like I think it's I it exceeded expectations. It's worth the wait. And I just can't believe how this series is like my toe, like the massive, it's like mitosis. We just have, now we have like four cells that I care about, like as much as the original, <laughs> you know, it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For, for me, the, this book is, I, I'd say 10, 10 out of 10. Like it was, it was my favorite book of this year um, so far. Uh, de- definitely the best looking book. Um, but, but like Bash was just, was saying like Cassie is just su- such an awesome and likable character. Um, and Matt just, just, just does such a good jo- job, like, uh, just drawing you into like her world and like even like her, like her mom's an awesome character as, uh, as questionable her decisions she makes sometimes. Uh, she's like, all, all the side characters are awesome. You got the Griffin in here, awesome villain. Um, so yeah, this was definitely my favorite book of the year so far. And, uh, yeah, just also for, for me, I haven't read it in individual issues. I, I've just, I, every time I've read this thing, I just kind of read it as a full, as a full thing. Um, so I, I, I can't really see me doing anything different. Like I'll, I'll go in and, uh, kind of like do the fight scenes, like read the fight scenes here and there. Um, but just the whole thing together, this thing is 10 out of 10 and incredible easily easy totally agreed and i think one thing for me too this book was very hyped right from the moment we saw her as mm-hmm. super massive i think mo- all of us all four of us missed the kickstarter but in general the book was really hyped and it's something it's hard for something to live up to the hype and this book definitely did and i also want to add that i really appreciate and i'm really thankful for them that they added a lot of the back matter in the uh, individual individual mm-hmm. issues because a lot of it is really really cool it's mm-hmm. especially the one where they go from like sketch to erica's pencils and inks and then, uh, yeah yeah and then igor's like uh, colors that stuff because you you get that you get the ashcan with the third issue which is the, the backup yeah. story yeah you get that if you get the kickstart edition you're going to get that in addition to it like in the hardcover it comes with the hardcover but yeah, but it's, I'm saying it's really cool that they added that to the... To the oh, yeah, yeah. Too. So I, I can't believe they really they didn't have to. Me, no, me they, they, they really didn't. didn't have to. Like, you were getting... You, I talked about this with some of the guys before. Like, a DC Black Label book is $7.99 US, and it's 50 pages. Inferno Girl Red is $5.99 US, and it's 46 pages. And it's the same. It's this, like the cardstock is the same. It's a square-bound book. It's no ads, too. No ads. No ads. No ads, exactly. So it's like, if you think about it, 
you're getting the same, if not more. And the quality, in my opinion, is the same, if not more. And I compare it strictly to the one bad day or the prestige level books in terms of physical quality. So it's like, you really can't go wrong. It's such a, it's such a good deal. And I'm, I was, I have the book right in front of me, book one and two here, and I'm flipping, I've been flipping through them all, 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 uh, all show long as we've been talking about it. And it's just, it's such a nice book to hold. It's pretty hard to bend too, because it's so well made. So props, props to the team. I also liked, I noticed this little detail on the back of the book. It says it has the image comics logo. And then under it says for the people. I really like that. I, I like that. This book has like this message of for the people spread throughout. I feel like it's it's embedded within the the DNA of 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 Apex City. So it's really cool to see it extend beyond the pages of the book, or even you know just to see that it's part of the the things that the the creative team believe in. That's pretty cool. Yeah, they changed the landscape, and it's great because it's literally everyone's creating, and it's for the people, and the people are you know are paid for their their contributions and treated well when you usher in these amazing ips that can frill go red yeah you deserve to be uh, paid handsomely for it and i'm glad that people can support themselves like the fact that mac room i don't think he comics is a full-time job yet which is fucked to me mm. like when you're putting out this kind of stuff and it's not your full-time job it should be so uh, he, mm. they definitely deserve to be able to live off writing stories like these yeah support mac room ladies and gentlemen i remember like kyle tweeted like if, if marvel and dc and other editors aren't running to like sign Matt Groom to write some books uh, or get him, you know, get him to work with him after reading Inferno Girl Red, then they're crazy. And I honestly agree. Like if you, if you read Inferno Girl Red and you're not looking for any of those creators to work in your company, you're crazy. You're, you're doing something wrong because that's the talent you should be going after. They're the ones who are going to be putting out the best shit in comics. Um, so yeah, speaking of, where can you find us? You can find us at Radiant Black Podcast on Patreon. We have Patreon if you want to support the show, uh, you know, directly. There's two options, both super cheap. I think they're like one dollar, three dollars, something like that. Thank you so much to our current Patreons, to Noah, to Patrick, and to Joe J. You guys are incredible. Uh, we're also you, you can support the show for free if you want to just drop a review. We're doing this new thing now where anybody who reviews the podcast on like F Podcast or any of the existing platforms where you could drop a review will actually put you for two entries in future giveaways. So you have double the chance of anyone else, or you know, two times the chance yeah. to win giveaway there you go yeah exactly we're giving away so much shit speaking of giveaways we're giving away dead lucky volume one the giveaway is on our twitter right now it's very easy to join it, it, it basically there's no steps so yeah if you're interested in reading dead lucky which is awesome definitely get on top of that and where can you find us you can find us on twitter at rain black pod you can find us on gmail rain black podcast at gmail.com Feel free to message us if you want to be part of the show. I think we do have a guest for Radio Black 23 coming up. Someone asked if they could be on the show. I'm very excited because I always love it when people ask and, you know, get more people to talk about, uh, talk Massiverse mm. with. And last but not least, what are we going to talk about next? Matt just mentioned there's a lot going on in the Massiverse. There is. We're actually coming up with a really cool Massiverse video that I will not share more details about because reasons. But be excited. And you, you'll catch us. You can catch us talking about no one soon because our no one number one review should be dropping soon but no one number two itself should be coming out soon and we're all very into that book there's a lot going on in that book um there's a whole podcast that was released alongside the book that's like an in-universe podcast made by the black market narrative people with pat oswald and and i think it's rachel a cook right so there you mm -hmm. go check that out also uh, in Go red book one kickstarter editions available still on the black market is it website. really 
Yeah, Holy it says I can add to cart right now. So I go. actually did not get it. I'm going to be taking it. So there's one less copy. And if it, unless it's the last <laughs> copy on there right now, there should still be some in the future when it, at least in the time before this gets up. So, you yeah. know, yeah, uh, you Pick have an opportunity. Up. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's so worth it. Like those Kickstarters are the best format that you can get that book in because it's a huge, basically deluxe edition size hardcover. You get the back matter, of course, and then you support the creators directly. So it's literally just win, 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 win. And of course they're limited. So they're not going to be there forever. They will eventually run out. So yeah, check those out. Thank you so much for checking us out. We'll see you guys next time. Stay blazing. <laughs>